You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of SplatterPictures.net. Hello and welcome to Panels of Blood, the podcast where I read you horror comics from all eras. I am your horror host, Wes Deadairnipe. First up, I'd like to thank Rick Hunter for the use of his intro and outro music, and also Chris Begarn for all of his wonderful art that he lets me use for the show. You might be thinking to yourself, one day early. That's right, you guys get your episode one day early for our special Halloween episode. I wanted to make sure that we released on October 31st, Sabrina's birthday in fiction. Recording a little late in the day, I remember last time there was a massive storm when I was reading and you could even hear the rain through some of the dialogue that I was going through, but today made that storm look quite small in comparison. It was almost like the old ones themselves were tearing through our dimension. And I just saw Stranger Things too, so I'm in a very Lovecraftian headspace, I think. I hope you guys have been enjoying this Archie Palooza that we've been doing over the last few weeks. We started off with Afterlife with Archie and went through the first volume of that. Now we are concluding the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I'm really sorry to be done this one after today. I mean, there's still more story to read. So if you guys are digging the story, which I know you have, I've been seeing all your stuff on social media, but if you guys have been really digging this story, there's lots more issues left for you guys to read and you, and you really should pick these up. I mean, there's just something so fun about this dark Sabrina universe. We got to meet up with Sabrina Spellman's parents in the very first issue her father Edward, laying with a mortal to create a witch-mortal hybrid for sinister purposes yet unknown. Archie characters Betty and Veronica, witches in this 1960s version of this Archie horror imprint, raising Madame Satan from the dead, a woman who was in love with Sabrina's father until he left her for a mortal woman, and has basically been using all of her time and powers to not only pose as one of Sabrina's teachers, but also try to destroy Sabrina's life. And this all culminated on Sabrina's sweet 16th birthday, which, according to witch law, is her unholy baptism, where she signs her life away to the devil, interrupted by her boyfriend, Harvey Kinkle, who subsequently got his face eaten off by one of the members of Sabrina's Coven. The death of Harvey Kinkle covered up, but there's still more consequences to be had in this issue. So without further ado, I bring you the conclusion of Volume 1 of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Chapter 5, The Trial. Written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Art, Robert Hack. Letters, Jack Morelli. Publisher, John Goldwater. We open up to the Riverdale characters, Betty, Veronica, and Nancy, doing a scene for Macbeth as the three witches. The three women, split by three panels, dancing around a cauldron, each holding the scripts of the play. Caption, Riverdale High Auditorium, The Drama Club. Now. Veronica, 
when shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? Betty. When the hurly-burly's done, when the battle's lost and won. Nancy. That will be the air, the set of sun. Veronica. Where's the place? Betty. Upon the heath. Nancy. There to meet with Macbeth. The three women still dancing around the cauldron. Betty seems to be doing some sort of mystical hand gesture. Veronica. I come, Grey Malkin. Betty. Paddock calls. Nancy. Anon. And then the three women in unison. Fair is foul, and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and filthy air. It was very exciting for me to read to you, said Macbeth. Their drama teacher sitting in the auditorium. Good girls, well done. We'll stop here for the day. Betty and Veronica, you two are especially convincing as Shakespeare's weird sisters. Betty and Veronica together. Thank you, Miss Lavette. Betty. We've been practicing, Veronica, but you might also say these roles are second nature to us. Miss Lavette. Well, I wish Nancy would take a page from your book, because I'm just not believing her as a witch. Nancy crossing her arms in contempt, humps and stares daggers at Miss Lavette. Veronica to Nancy. Don't let it get you down, Nancy, she says quieter. Personally, I think it's just because Miss Lavette is racist. Nancy, what's terrible is, I agree. This town is so backwards when it comes to black people. Betty, not to mention witches. They're also treated like second-class citizens. Nancy, with her arms still crossed, looks sidelong at Betty. Yeah, girl, except witches aren't real. The three women now sitting down on a bench, still in the auditorium. Nancy and Betty sitting down, Veronica standing with her leg up on the bench. Veronica, as a matter of fact, that's what we wanted to talk to you about, Nancy. You know that after-school group Miss Grundy runs? Nature Appreciation Club? Nancy, the one that meets in Fox Forest? Veronica, that's the one. Only, it's not really about nature. Betty, though a lot of studying is required, a lot of practicing. Nancy, for what? What are you two talking about? A close-up of Veronica. Power, Nancy. True, ancient power. A panel of Nancy. She pauses, saying nothing. Panel of Betty. Close up. And sisterhood. Being part of something eternal. Nancy leaning back in appraisement of the women. She brings the palm of her hand up to her chin. She says, Girls. Nancy now walking away from the two. I have no idea what you're saying, and I don't have time for it anyway. Gotta run. I've got my church group in an hour. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Veronica closing her eyes and sighing. <sighs> You can lead a horse to water. Betty. We'll recruit her. The disenfranchised and oppressed are easy pickings. It's only a matter of time. Off panel. Speaking of time, stepping through a white portal is Madame Satan herself, a portion of her face revealing her true face. She says, Ours is now. The trial of Sabrina Spellman begins in the witch dimension, and everyone must play their part. The three now, flying high in the air, headed towards Greendale. In caption, Madam Satan. Come, let us fly to the weird woods of Greendale. And as a nice little callback, Betty, Veronica, and Madam Satan say together, Fair is foul, and foul is fair. 
hover through the fog and filthy air. Establishing shot. Sabrina Spellman at the Witch's Council. It is a gothic-like church. She is surrounded by various bailiffs, each one in bright red robes. This trial seems to be open to the public. There are people in plain clothes watching it, including Sabrina's aunts. And she stands in front of a trio, a man on a high throne. At the top of this throne, three pentagrams. On one side of him, a woman, also in red robes. And on the other side, a man in red robes, but completely hooded, obscuring his face. Caption, the witch's council, the present, the head of the council. Place your hands upon the satanic gospels and state your name for the record. Sabrina placing her hand on the satanic Bible and throwing up the horns. Sabrina Victoria Spellman. Your, uh, honor? Highness? Sorry, what's the protocol? The bailiff, by the way, is barely human. He has very goat-like features, cloven hooves and horns and kind of like a white billy goat beard thing going on. We're now in a flashback. The witch's council in black and white. Caption, the past. The same man. Breaking protocol, you convened this meeting of the witch's council. The floor, Edward Spellman, is yours. And there's Sabrina's father, Edward Spellman. Thank you, High Priest Crowley. Some of you know why I requested this audience. Back in the present. Caption. Now. We've listened to the testimony of your aunts, who claim they were as surprised as the rest of us, when profane law was violated by that mortal boy. Close-up of Sabrina. She looks solemn. This council assumes you claim the same? Sabrina. I didn't know Harvey was coming, and I have no idea how he even got there. That's the truth. Now an entire page of flashback, all in black and white. Caption. Then. Edward. Let us not mince words, Father Crowley. I'm here appealing to you all because I wish to marry a mortal. Crowley. There are laws against such misogynation, Edward. The satanic Bible is quite clear on the matter. If a witch lies with a mortal as he lies with a witch, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Edward. Due respect, Father Crowley. The Satanic Bible is also quite clear on male-to-male relations between warlocks. But that's never stopped you from indulging, has it? A close-up of Father Crowley looking... Furious, an outrageous accusation, and never proven. And why, in Asmodeus's name, should we grant you this dispensation, Spellman? A close-up of Edward, smiling broadly. Why? Because it's our Dark Lord's will, Father Crowley. He appeared to me and told me it should be so. Would you like me to conjure him now, in this room, so that he may tell you that himself? Edward, looking towards the ceiling, spreads his arms wide, and he begins to summon this mass of dark energy. At its epicenter seems to be almost like a blackened eye. Surrounding the black mist are these octopus-like tentacles. It's very Lovecraftian. Seems to be opening a gate of madness. 
Father Crowley looks terrified, and he clutches at his chest. Another member of the council closes his eyes, and blood seems to seep from his tear ducts. Father Crowley, no, that won't be necessary. The dispensation is hereby approved and validated. Good luck to you, sir. Now, back to the present. Caption, now. Father Crowley, you understand that there is some skepticism among the council? Given your unorthodox upbringing, co-mingling with mortals, etc. Zelda from the pews. Pious bastard. Hilda. Zelda! A panel of Sabrina, one arm behind her back. There is suspicion that you colluded with this boy, conspired with him against the Church of Night. Sabrina with her fingers crossed behind her back. It's a very weird gesture that you would, oh, I'm lying because I got my fingers crossed. It's <laughs> very strange, but she's doing it. Then I mean, I'm sure there's people standing behind her. But anyways, Sabrina, I would never betray my dark lord, Father Crowley. Father Crowley, there are, of course, ways to tell if you're lying, young lady. Bailiff, bring forth the coals of truth. And we see our cloven-hoofed bailiff, a rack resting on his shoulders, on either side dangling cauldrons of boiling hot coals. I have them, my lord. Father Crowley in profile. The test is quite simple. Place your hand in the fires of damnation. If you've lied to us, your hand will burn. If you've told the truth, your hand will remain whole. And unharmed. Zelda and Hilda now standing up in the pews, protesting. Zelda, this is insanity. That test hasn't been used for centuries. Hilda, and it was the Puritans who used it back then, against our kind. Sabrina smiling, she goes to dip her hands in the coals. It's all right, aunties. A close-up shot of her dipping her fingers into the fires of damnation. It doesn't even feel warm. Her aunt's now both sitting back down. Hilda's arms slumped over the side. Oh, thank Beelzebub. Zelda. There, you see? She's innocent. Caption. Her flesh isn't even burning. Meanwhile, in Fox Forest. Betty, with her hands to her mouth, looking horrified. Madam Satan, looking unconcerned with her arms crossed and at its center. Veronica, clutching her wrist, crying out in agony as her hand is burned down to the bone. Veronica, oh God, oh God, oh God, it hurts, it so hurts. Madam Satan, calm down, it shouldn't be too much longer. Now, back to the trial, Father Crowley. Bailiff, do you have the witch needle? Our horned bailiff. Here, my lord, and his hands are outstretched to the sky and a spike. It looks like a typical railroad spike or, you know what, it looks more like, um, looks more like an iron spike that you might use to crucify somebody. Hilda now standing up again. Another test? Why? Zelda. The coals of truth proved her innocence. An extreme close-up of Father Crowley, just his withered old eyes. The witch needle is simply for confirmation. The bailiff will drive the needle through your open palm, girl. 
If its blade passes without drawing blood, you'll be free to go. If even one drop of blood is released, well, let's just say your torments will be unending. Sabrina. Hi, Priest Crowley. I go to a public high school. They already are. She opens her palm and presents it. Do your worst. Now two silent panels. The bailiff driving the spike into Sabrina Spellman's palm. The second panel, it's more than halfway through. A close-up shot of Father Crowley. Bailiff? Sabrina standing there, her wrist limp. No blood to be found. The horned bailiff looks towards Crowley. Nary a drop, my lord. Zelda pointing towards Sabrina. There, you see? Hilda. Praise Satan. And she says softly, In the name of the fallen, the damned, and the unholy spirits. Amen. Caption. No blood at all. And we are back. Madam Satan there with her arm around Betty. Veronica now, the one to casually stand there. Arms crossed. Eyes rolling. Betty. Tears pouring out of her eyes as she holds her wrist, her hand, a gaping hole where the spike is driven through, bleeding profusely. It's like she's got the stigmata. Betty, oh my god, oh my god, it hurts, it so hurts. Madam Satan, it's the satanic stigmata, that's all. Breathe, breathe. Veronica, ha! Now back to the trial. Crowley, Sitting at the center, the other two members of the witch's council on either side. The hooded fellow is unraveling a long scroll. Parchment. Reading from it. Crowley. Well, well. It would appear that your innocence has been confirmed. In which case, Sabrina Victorious Spellman, by the power invested in me, by the High Council of Witchery... I declare you innocent of all wrongdoing in the matter of Harvey Kinkle. Zelda standing up, pumping her fist to the air. Ave Satanus! Hilda, praise be to Lucifer! Sabrina, off panel. Quick question, Father Crowley. She stands there, eyes closed with a coy smile. Isn't there a rule that says once a witch is pardoned for a crime, he or she may never again be tried for that same crime? Father Crowley looking suspicious. I don't care for the implication you're making, young lady. But, yes, that is witch law. Sabrina shrugging. Great, just checking. So, can I go now? The Spellman's now, returning to the mortal realm, right outside of their house. Zelda's the last one to step out of this swirling black portal. Caption. The Mortal Coil. Greendale. The three ladies returning home, Hilda hanging up her jacket. Zelda. You did so well, Sabrina. We're very proud of you. Hilda. And now we can put all this nastiness behind us. Sabrina. I'm exhausted, aunties. It's all right if I skip dinner and go to bed early. Ambrose looking casual and cool as ever at the top of the stairs, while Salem walks along the stairs railing. Oh, cousin, you've been through the ringer, haven't you? Salem, what can we do? Need me to scratch anyone's eyes out? Sabrina, no, it's fine, I'm okay. I just need to sleep for, like, 13 hours. Sabrina, opening the door to her bedroom, she looks back and smiles. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Now inside her room, 
Sabrina rests against her bedroom door. Finally. Off panel. You're not tired, are you? You can't be. Not yet. Sitting in her window with a big smile on her face is Madame Satan in her Miss Porter disguise. You survived the trial with my help, but our real work is just beginning. She extends a hand to Sabrina while sitting in the windowsill. Sabrina, no, I'm more than ready. Good girl. In that case, let us ride the night's winds to the weird woods. Madam Satan flying through the air. She grabs Sabrina by the hand. Sabrina looks worried as she's dragged along behind her, her hair blowing in the wind. Madam Satan. I hope I've earned your trust now, Sabrina. Sabrina. You have, Miss Porter. I'm sorry if I was skeptical at first. Close-up shot of Madam Satan as she flies through the air. Leaves blowing around her. No, you were circumspect, which is more than understandable. The council is a terrifying entity. And speaking from experience, it's not fun being an excommunicated witch. Though, there are some advantages. For instance, being able to operate outside of their system. The two step down into the weird woods. Sabrina, I can't believe the council banished you for, for wanting to have a child without a husband. Can you imagine? The council purports to being enlightened, but in fact, it's more backwards than the mortal majority. The two women walk side by side in the woods, Madam Satan, and, needless to say, they wouldn't approve of what we're doing here tonight. Ah, Betty, Veronica, this is the girl who needs us. And we see Madam Satan presenting Betty and Veronica. Both are still wearing their Riverdale cheerleading outfits blue sweaters, white skirts. Betty is holding a gigantic spellbook, and Veronica is holding a green backpack. Madam Satan. Sabrina Spellman, Betty Cooper, and Veronica Lodge. Witches from a coven in Riverdale. Sabrina. Hi. Thanks for helping. Veronica. It's not like we had much of a choice in the matter. Betty, looking scornfully at Veronica. Veronica! Be nice. She lost the love of her life. Sabrina now standing next to Madam Satan. I could have asked my cousin to help. Madam Satan. No. The less people in Greendale who know about this, the better. A shot of Betty and Veronica. Veronica in her classic arms crossed looking contemptuously at Sabrina. Besides, these two witches have experience with raising the dead. It'll call back to the fact that Madam Satan is only here because of Betty and Veronica. A close-up shot of Madam Satan's face, still wearing her cat's eye glasses. On either side of her, Betty and Veronica, and to the far left, Serena. Now, let us begin the necromantic rite. And before we do, I must ask you again. Are you sure this is what you want? Once raised, he won't go back to the grave easily. Sabrina, I've never been more sure of anything in my life, Miss Porter. Let's do this. We now have a montage of the women performing this very complex ritual. Sabrina, drawing lines in the earth with a large tree branch, taller than her even. Omniscient narration. The witches set about their grim task. First, a symbol representing the gateway between life and death is grooved into the dirt with a snapped off branch. The branch is symbolic of the Tree of Life, as well as the pole Charon, ferryman of death, uses to cross the river Styx. A shot of Harvey Kinkle's clothing, his letterman jacket, jeans, 
t-shirt, underwear. Next, a set of the dead person's clothes is laid out on the ground over the symbol so that when the revenant comes back, they may cover their nakedness. Sabrina kneeling on the ground, lighting several candles. Then, five candles are lit and positioned around the clothes so that there is light guiding the dead back to this plane of existence. Sabrina reading from the spellbook. Betty, Veronica, and Madame Satan smile wickedly around her. Then, Sabrina is given the dread demonomicon, and she recites the diabolical incantation. Sabrina, Corpus Levitas, Diablo Dominium, Mondo Visium. The demonomicon being a sister book to the unholy Necronomicon. Now a panel of the four women dancing around the circle of candles. Betty is like bent so far back she almost looks like she's doing an exorcist move. The infernal dance comes next and the chanting. The four women in unison. For you who sleep in stone and clay heed this call. Rise up and obey. Pass on through the mortal door. Assemble flesh and walk once more. They stop just short of the ecstatic climax. Madam Satan literally doing that hold fist up motion that you see in war movies. Hold, witches. Veronica. Hold? What exactly are we holding for? Madam Satan. A sign that it worked. And a few moments later, it comes with a breeze that extinguishes the candles. Down by their feet, a strong wind blows out all visible candles. In a close-up shot of Madame Satan, her eyes closed, her head tilted down. That's a spirit being released from the earth. Sabrina, Harvey's? Madame Satan opening her eyes. Hopefully. Sabrina looking shocked. What? No, no. That was my exceedingly bad attempt at gallows humor. Yes, of course, Harvey. Madam Satan addresses the three women. Well done, witches. Sabrina. And now? And now we go back to our daytime lives. Back to being students. We see a shot of Benny and Veronica getting ready for Macbeth. Nancy, in her full witch's costume, looks to the women. Are you nervous about opening night? Betty and Veronica together. No. Madam Satan, as Miss Porter, standing in her classroom. Back to playing teachers. Miss Porter. And pencils down. Please pass your test papers towards the center of the room. Betty, Veronica, and Archie Andrews. In an iconic image, sharing a strawberry milkshake together. One drink, three straws. Back to acting like the natural order of the universe has been preserved. It takes three nights for the returned to find their way home. Sabrina and Ambrose leaving the movie theater. Caption, night one. Ambrose, if Elizabeth Taylor doesn't win an Oscar for that, I'll smite the entire academy. Night two, Ambrose, Hilda, Zelda, and Sabrina are bowling. Ambrose, come on, cuz. We need at least a spare to toy with Hilda and Zelda. Zelda, and no cheating with magic. Caption, night three. Sabrina sitting alone in a chair, facing out towards the iron fence of her property, towards the graveyard. She looks solemn, creeping up behind her, Salem, the black cat familiar of Sabrina Spellman. He says, baby, it's cold outside. Hey there, we haven't talked much. How are you holding up? 
Sabrina, I'm fine, Salem. Don't I seem fine? Salem, stretching. Yes, you do. Scarily so. Which worries me. You're allowed to be upset about Harvey, you know. Sabrina, leaning forward, looking down at Salem, who's looking up at her from the floor. What's done is done. No use crying over spilt milk. Salem, speaking as someone who drinks spilled milk, I hate that expression. A close-up shot of Salem. You know, Sabrina, as a cat, and as you're familiar, I can tell when you're keeping a secret. Come inside. We'll curl up by the fire and you can unburden yourself. Sabrina leans back and holds up a book. I appreciate the offer, but you go ahead, Salem. I'm going to finish reading my book. Salem. What is it? Sabrina. A collection of Shirley Jackson stories. Salem looking back as he walks away. Spooky. Okay. I'll let you be. But Sabrina, whenever you want a cuddle or a hug, you know where to find me. Back at the woods, the long extinguished candles fly away as a silhouette of a hand bursts from the earth. Caption, the woods. Establishing shot, the kitchen of the Kinkle home, Harvey's parents, Harvey's father George. You can't keep setting his plate, Martha. Martha, he hasn't been found, George. That means Harvey's going to come back to us. And when he does, I don't want my precious boy to think we gave up hope. Harvey's father now digging into his meal. I know it hurts. It hurts me too. But honey, you have to let him go. It's been weeks. His mother, turning away from him, her eyes look manic to say the least. He's coming back, George, and I won't hear another word about it. Back at the woods, Harvey's body rises from the earth, covered in mud. It drips off of his body. Caption, he rises from the cold earth as if born anew. Caption from Macbeth. Double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Caption, Riverdale High, opening night of Macbeth. Nancy, Betty, and Veronica dancing wildly on stage to a packed house. Cool it with the baboon's blood, then the charm is firm and good. Sabrina, waiting outside of her home. Caption, Greendale, the porch. Sabrina, where are you, Harvey? Establishing shot, Madam Satan, lying naked in a bubble bath, relaxing, her guise off so we can see her true cadaverous weird face. Caption, the boarding house, still from Macbeth. Oh, well done, I command your pains, and everyone shall share the gains. Back to the stage play of Macbeth. We see a panel that is just Veronica's body, and her witch's outfit is lingerie, practically. She says, And now about the cauldron sing, live elves and fairies in a ring, enchanting all that you put in. Off panel, ouch! Sabrina, damn splinter? She looks at her thumb. Caption, by the pricking of my thumbs. Madam Satan's cadaverous face with the fetal baby skulls for eyes. Something wicked this way comes. Open locks, whoever knocks. Harvey's parents sitting at the kitchen table. Three knocks. Harvey's mother sitting up brightly with a big crazy smile on her face. It's him! Caption, off panel. Sabrina? It's Hilda. She's in her nightgown, and she's looking at Sabrina, who's still standing on the porch, waiting expectantly. Hilda, come inside. It's late, and I don't like that moon. You'll have bad luck if it shines on you for too long. Sabrina, all right, Aunt Hilda, I'm coming. 
outside of Harvey's parents' house, we see a shambling shadow and a ghoulish, dripping hand. Hell, hello, the voice says. Harvey's father getting up from the table, while Harvey's mother is so happy she's crying, mascara running down her eyes. She says, it's him, George. It's our boy, George. Martha, that's impossible. Sabrina, looking out her bedroom window. Come on, Harvey. Don't let me down. Harvey's mother, running to her front door. George calls behind her. Martha, wait. Don't open that door. Martha, it's Harvey. He's come back, I told you. A shaky voice from beyond the door. Will will you open the door? I'm so cold. George runs forward to pull Martha back. For God's sakes, don't let it in. Martha with a creepy smile on her face. It? You're afraid of your own son? I'm coming, Harvey. Your mom's coming. George, grabbing Martha by the waist, lifts her up and pulls her back. But she reaches out to the cord of a nearby lamp. Damn it, Martha. I won't let you. Martha, let me? You don't have a choice. She gets free and swings by the cord the lamp into George's face, cracking him hard. He falls backwards. She now stands over him, the lamp already covered in blood. You've never understood us, George. You've never understood the bond between mother and son. George looks up at Martha. His face is all fucked up. His nose clearly broken, one of his eyes swollen open. He weakly says, Martha, please. She slams the lamp down on his head, crushing his skull completely. Thunk. Squish. Just a geyser of brain matter. Skull fragments. Blood. She looks down at him with contempt, her teeth clenched. You had no faith, George Kinkle. You gave up hope. And this is a house of faith and hope. Bloodied, Martha turns to the door now. One second, baby. Mom's opening the door for you. She opens the door, and it's Harvey Kinkle. He looks normal, wearing the clothes that Sabrina had laid out for him in the spell. He has a vacant expression. He says, hello there. She smiles psychotically up at him. Blood on her face, mascara smeared around. Ha, Harvey? The face of Harvey Kinkle looks stone cold at her. No, I'm sorry. Harvey doesn't live here anymore. She looks shocked. Then who? Harvey Kinkle seems to let himself in. He's got a big smile on his face. Dear lady, my name is Edward Spellman. And judging by the fresh mess on your floor, I'd say we're going to get along just fine. Establishing shot. The full moon over Sabrina Spellman's house. Night. Caption. Epilogue. The phone rings. Sabrina, woken from her sleep, gets up. Please, let it be him. Sabrina, in her nightgown, sitting on the floor, answers the phone. Hello? Over the phone. Sabrina? It's me. Sabrina Spellman. A look of relief on her face. Tears of joy down her eyes. She clutches the phone. Harvey? You're back? Harvey, smiling, holding a sandwich with a big bite out of it, speaks into the phone. Behind him, Harvey Kinkle's father... His skull, bashed in, his face beyond recognition, sits slumped on a blue sofa covered in blood. Sitting next to him, his mother, tied up, shoulder to knee in rope, struggles violently. Edward, in the body of Harvey Kinkle.
I'm back, and I can't wait to see you next Salem. And that is it. That is the conclusion of Volume 1 of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. I know a lot of you thinking now, what happens next? Well, all the more reason for you guys to get on board with The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. They're releasing issues all the time. There's a little bit of a delay on the next batch of issues I think that there was, but they're being released now. You can go to your local comic book shop and pick them up if you want, or you can wait for volume two of the trade if you like, or even get them digitally. There's all kinds of ways that you can find out what happens next in the stories that I read you that you guys all seem to love so much. Just as a little bit of a side, I am aware that they have just started a Jughead-centric werewolf story called The Hunger as part of the Archie Horror imprint, so that could be something else that we go back to if we ever want to read Volume 2 of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or Afterlife with Archie, or if we want to get into the Archie werewolf stuff. I really like this Archie horror universe. I said at the beginning when I was talking about this imprint that they decided to do that it's so cool to see these characters that we've known and loved for years out of context in a horror setting. I think to me it proves without a shadow of a doubt that you can take any character write them any way that you want it doesn't always have to be the same thing you think sabrina the teenage witch and you think oh yeah that's that sitcom that was on tv for years oh yeah that was that cheerful archie comic book back from the 60s and onward but then you take all of these exact same characters and you just put them through a different prism and it completely changes everything about them well at their core they seem pretty much the same sabrina spellman loves harvey kinkle she is a half witch she has two aunts that really look out for her. she has a cat named salem that's her familiar that was a, a witch in real life that turned was turned to a cat she has a cousin named ambrose these are all things that are in pretty much every iteration of sabrina the teenage witch but then you just put this dark fucking story around it and we watch the love of her life harvey kinkle die and then come back as her weird father and what's his plan and what's madam satan's game was this something that she knew would happen she did want to resurrect harvey kinkle did she think it was just going to be a cadaverous thing i mean edward wasn't dead he was trapped within that tree and she destroyed the tree which then killed him which is a way around that particular curse if you kill somebody and then you have sabrina resurrect that person uh, we needed a body we have a body and now edward is able to roam freely as harvey kinkle's corpse so there is definitely a possibility that, that was her plan all along but to what end were they secretly in coots does madam satan love edward enough to do this for him anyways I don't know. She seemed pretty pissed at him beforehand. And she wasn't really acting like she was pissed for anyone in particular except us, the audience. So unless Roberto was having a character lie to the audience as opposed to other characters, which I really don't think is his style because he's a very good writer. So, yeah. Well, that is going to do it. I hope you guys are enjoying your Halloween. Maybe this is the way that you're kicking off your Halloween. Maybe this is how you're ending your Halloween. But any way that you choose to celebrate, I am glad that I am part of it. And I will see you next time for more horror. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but we're going to read you something. I am your horror host, Wes Deadair Nipe. Now and forever, even beyond the grave. And you've been listening to Panels of Blood.